In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. A lot of people come up to me, send me messages, emails, and they ask me questions. Abuna, is the world really ending soon? And I say, what? (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. And they send me this video that shows, you know, the connections between some verses in the Bible and uh, like the the Bible, how it says there's going to be wars or there's going to be wild locusts. And then they send me videos where there's just swarms of all these bugs going around in the world. And I like, Abuna, is it the end? And to me, you know, it can be, I can see the concern. I can see the, the weight of somebody thinking that this might be true. Now, in order to understand the end of the world, according to a Christian, and according to maybe what the Bible is instructing us, is that first... We have to look at the Bible in its entire context. First, we have to say, we have to understand that Jesus, when he began his ministry, he says, the day of the Lord is at hand. Meaning that 2000 years ago, Jesus was announcing the end of the world. But every time he announced the end of the world, making it seem almost as if it's close or as if it's imminent or it's about to happen. All the time, he says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So you could be looking at all these wars that are going on in the world, which is very sad, but it's not the first war in history. You could see all of the swarms and famines and maybe natural disasters that are going on. But you got to admit, it's not the first one that's ever happened. And so Jesus himself is saying, you know neither the day nor the hour. And St. Paul, in one of his letters, he says, you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And so, an essential element of it being the actual end of the world is that we wouldn't know. It would be coming like a thief. And a thief, you have no idea when he's coming. Especially a really good thief. So if anybody tells you that the end, the day, the end of the world is coming, yes, they're right. But if they were to tell you that they know the exact day, the exact time and when it's going to happen, they're completely wrong because if it were to actually be the end of the world, we wouldn't know. Even Jesus says it's only the Father who knows. And Jesus was announcing this 2,000 years ago. But why would He do that? Why would He announce something that's so urgent and so scary and so um, something that we should be prepared and ready for? Why would he announce that 2,000 years ago? Wouldn't he be like, all right, I'm going to give you guys an evite, maybe like a calendar invite, just so you guys know. Or maybe send you a text message on Flocknote so you guys can maybe have a little heads up. 
I'll give you a day reminder, a week reminder, and a couple hour reminder. We're not going to get that. Why send us this message really soon? It's so that we can always be ready. So we can always take that opportunity to live like every day will be our last. And if we were to live in that way, it doesn't mean to live using our freedom to do whatever we like, but it's to use our freedom to prepare ourselves for that end, for that time that Jesus indeed will come again. And so today's gospel that we read today, it really talks about God not wanting to give up on anybody. We see this parable of the, the householder, some guy who needs people to work in his vineyard. And so there's people waiting to be called into work. And so he calls people at the first hour and he agrees to give them wages. It's called a denarius, one dinar, you could say. And so the first people agree, all right, we'll be paid one dinar to work for that 12-hour day, the, the whole day, the shift. And then the householder, he sees other people that are just standing idle, not doing anything, maybe almost wasting their time. And he's like, all right, it's the third hour and you're not, you haven't found any work. You haven't been called in. So he agrees. He brings them in the third hour. And he agrees to give them a denarius in the sixth hour, the ninth hour. And he all gives them the same thing. Eleventh hour comes and there's still a couple people left. And he says, what are you guys doing here? Come and work in my vineyard. Come and, and I'll give you a just wage. I'll give you something that's fair. And so they work for one hour. At the end, the householder gives them all their wages. And remind you, this is a, a parable of the kingdom of heaven. He pays them all the same wage. One denarius. One dinar, let's say. And so the first people, I mean, naturally, a lot of us who, who are hard workers, maybe we ourselves give wages to people and we aim to be just and fair in it. Naturally, this householder, this person who is, has workers in his vineyard, he naturally seems super unfair. That whatever he gave them is totally unfair to the first people to the people who actually worked through the hard moments of the day, who worked through the, through the harsh and hot moments of the day. Is it fair for them not to receive more than the people who only worked an hour? So God is want, wanting to tell us through this parable is that the gift of the kingdom of heaven is that denarius. The gift of the kingdom of heaven is when God welcomes those who are called into the vineyard, are called into salvation, are called into this gift of eternal life, whether in the beginning 
or in the end. Whether they've been working hard from the beginning, staying faithful to God from the beginning of their lives, or they made like a fourth quarter conversion. Would we not be happy for the salvation of the person who dedicated their life from the beginning, as well as the person who dedicated their life on the last moments of their deathbed? And this could be many of us, many of us who are curious, many of us who are wondering, will we have a moment to convert? Will we have a moment to be called into this vineyard? Will we have this moment to receive and repent and get this gift of salvation? The question is, I don't know. Should we wait and put it off and procrastinate that moment where we can receive this? I don't think so. Because there's two truths we can pull out of this gospel. First truth, this is St. Gregory who says, let no one assume that he himself would be saved. Let no one assume that he'd be saved. Why? Because if we assume that we're good, if we assume, yeah, God's got me, I'll, I'll be okay, become lazy we'll put off prayer we'll excuse those moments where we know we need to do what we need to do and we'll think you know what I have a lot of time in my life I'll I'll assume that I'm given that 50, 60, 70 years I'll wait until maybe my retirement or when I'm done having fun or when I figure out my life that's when I'll try to Turn my life around and give it to God. But we should never presume our salvation. Because how do we know that the next moment is going to be given to us? How do you know that retirement will immediately be given to you? How do you know that you'll be given another year? Another 10 years? Another day even? So first, no one can presume, presume their salvation... Because when you say, I, I know and guarantee I'm saved, that's when the devil takes that challenge to rob that from you. But also, there's another truth that we can look at. Is, let no one presume, let no one automatically assume that the person next to them or their neighbor, that he has no hope. Is if we're to think, man, this guy is so far gone. This guy listens to nobody. This person won't ever change. Not even God can get to them. Let no one assume that that person has no hope. Because at the same time, the unending mercy of God is always calling to His beloved sons and daughters to call them into repentance and to, for them to turn to His divine love. And when we begin to think like, oh man, this guy is way too far from salvation. This guy is way too far from forgiveness. People thought the same thing about the person that was crucified next to Jesus. And yet he was the first person who stole heaven. But I think at the same time, having these two truths in our heads and 
wanting to bring them into our hearts, we have to think that the end of the world is a little too far. And the coming of Jesus Christ a second time, you know, we can hope for that and anticipate for that. But by the fact that you guys are here at Mass, you guys have made the trip to come here to be present to the coming of the Lord here on the altar where He is going to be present in the bread and wine, which is not bread and wine, which will soon be the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. You have come here to witness the arrival of Jesus Christ in the flesh. And so why wait for the coming of the Lord but prepare yourselves to be present now to the Lord who will be here and is here. And so we pray that we can always be ready. That whenever the Lord calls us, that whenever the Lord invites us and calls us into His vineyard, whether it be the first or the last hour, we might be ready and respond with a yes, which will receive us into His kingdom. Amen.